a lot of times we neglect like actually taking care of ourselves or trying to look at like, okay, if I know I'm going to feel stress, but if I don't do anything about it, what is that going to look like? How is that going to affect my ability to work, like even in ministry long term? The missionary life. What is it? And who does this kind of thing? Welcome to the Inlander podcast, where we explore the missionary journey through interviews with people serving across a spectrum of places and ministries. Men and women who have left good jobs, sold homes, and said goodbye to the comfortable and familiar, all in answer to Christ's call to share his love among the nations. From remote desert outposts to the bustling streets of some of Africa's busiest urban centers, we look at what it means to pack up a life and follow Christ to the ends of the earth. Well, welcome to the Inlander podcast, Mike. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, it hasn't happened yet to where we've had someone who has been through our Go program come and just talk about it and your experience. And obviously, we love to use this platform to just uh, put people's whole stories on display, uh, just because when we hear other stories, we can really see glimpses of our own uh, in our experiences. And uh, who knows, the Lord just might be leading people through hearing your story and be encouraged. So I'm glad you're here. Uh, we love to just start the podcast with just a tell us who you are, your story, maybe a little of your testimony and uh, missions history and how you ended up uh, going on the GO program. Yeah, for sure. And thank you so much for considering me. I really appreciate it. Oh. And yeah, so I come from a Christian family and I grew up in the church. And even my parents, my mom worked in the church as like a children's coordinator. And yeah, I even went to a Christian school. So I was really in like hearing from the word a lot and around mm. Christians a lot. But mm. um, yeah, I don't feel like I really had a relationship with God. I mostly viewed him as somebody who did stuff in the past. And so growing up, I, yeah, I didn't really understand the work that Jesus had done for me. And mm. then when I got a little bit older, maybe around middle school, I became kind of angry with God because mm -hmm. I felt like he should be doing more for me. And then from there, I decided I didn't want to follow him at all. And so I went a few years where I was just kind of frustrated with God and not following him. And then uh, one summer, God kind of answered a prayer that I had made that was kind of like a really small prayer, but it meant a lot to me. And that kind of opened me up a little bit more towards the idea of like a loving God that was doing stuff today. Yeah. 
And so from there, I went on to like a little bit later that summer, I went on to like a kind of like a camp, like a Christian camp. And that was the first time that I think I understood the gospel. And the first time I understood that God really was doing things today. And specifically, he had done like way more than anybody like anybody else ever had done for me or could do for me in that he sacrificed himself and simultaneously sacrificed his son, Jesus. Mm. And yeah, that was the first time that I decided I wanted to follow Christ and put my faith in him. Man, it's so interesting how like your wrestlings with him, it seemed like he helped draw you in and woo you back with his power and his intimacy and knowing your life. But I love how like seeing him as an active God today really helped you say, okay, yeah, I'm in, I believe you. And I just wonder for how many other people who were raised in the church, how maybe not hearing some of those stories or experiencing that for themselves yet, maybe, you know, has impacted their walk too. But I love that something small really can impact us in a big way. And so how old were you when that happened, when you went to the camp? Yeah, so around that, that was around the time I was going into high school. So I would have okay. been right around 14 years old. Okay. And so then you go through high school and you go to college. And where were you in regards to, okay, now I love Jesus. Uh, how did world mission come into the picture? Yes. So after high school, I decided I wanted to go to a Bible institute so I could spend some more time. I just felt like I didn't really know God's word and I didn't know how to share my faith and I didn't know what God wanted me to do with my life. So I decided to go to Bible Institute for that. And in my first year, I felt like I learned how to study the Bible and how to share my faith, but I felt like I still didn't really know what God wanted me to do with my life. So yeah, so we have this class in the second year called Missions Reality which is kind of like an intro to missions class. And I was in that class and the teacher basically started explaining how like the Great Commission about like going to all nations isn't just like a thing that appears once in Matthew, but that it's like a theme throughout scripture, starting from the call of Abraham and then going through like all of the Old Testament up until Jesus and then even into Revelation and how that's really God's yeah, God's plan. And then I saw the the like classic video that I think most people have seen <laughs> about like how people spend more money on like I think like costumes for their pets or something like that. Yes, that is it. Do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I saw that and I learned about like what like an ethnic people group is and that there mm -hmm. are so many that still don't have the gospel. And at that moment, I think I understood like well, if this is God's plan, I need to be a part of this. And that's mm. when I decided I wanted to pursue sharing the gospel with the unreached in whatever capacity that would mean. Yeah, man. I love that they have that class. That's so helpful. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool. Yeah, because some, you know, Bible colleges or institutes, you know, you may not encounter that material unless you are like on a mission track. To graduate necessarily right and then a lot of disciples are missing out on kind of that reality of where we are today in mission that's fascinating okay so how did you come into contact with africa inland mission yes so after 
after the Bible Institute, basically the organization that that Bible Institute is like run through is like a global organization as well. And so they have a program where you can go spend two years in another country and kind of like see if you like get your feet wet kind of with missions. Mm -hmm. And so I had actually decided to do that. And then when I was support raising for that, I was at home and where I'm from, we have a really big refugee population from an unreached people group in Africa. And so I started to see them and it was the first time that I've like seen them and had kind of like a missions mindset. Mm -hmm. And so I just started praying for them and like looking into the people group and I started doing like some research on like Joshua Project and stuff like that. And I realized like, wow, these people don't have the gospel and they seem like they're very resistant to it. And yeah, I actually started Googling like missionaries in this place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, certain places we nobody like knows officially that there are missionaries. And so mm -hmm. I didn't find anything. <laughs> right. That's the tricky part of being curious about, you know, these creative access places is you're not going to find much in a Google search. That's so funny. Yeah. 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 I was like, man, God, are you like not doing anything in this people group? <laughs> like what's going on? Nobody thought of this before that we should right. go there. You're the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah. So basically I was at a, a missions conference for this other, for the Bible Institute that I went to and right before going off. And I saw Africa Inland Mission and I was like, oh, Africa, they should know something. And so, <laughs> yeah, I just went up to the lady and I started talking with her and I was like, hey, do you know anything about this country? Mm. And she was like, well, yeah, we can't really talk about it necessarily, but I'll look into it and I'll get back with you. And yeah, that just kind of started a journey over a few years of connecting with different people within Africa Inland Mission and um, meeting some missionaries and other people and just praying more and more and seeing God kind of grow that desire mm. to work with them. That's awesome. And the reason you went with the GO program is because you needed an internship, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. a plug for other people in college or people who need an internship. The GO program, which you're about to talk about, is a great way to fulfill that. So why don't you tell us about that experience and also be our little like flag waiver for the <laughs> GO program and tell people what it is and a little bit about your experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the GO program is a two-month program and it includes like two weeks of um, like training and that training kind of includes like theology of missions, stuff about spiritual disciplines, things about like African culture and language acquisition and culture shock and mm. pretty much everything that you could think of to prepare you to live in a different culture. And it was a really good training, I must say. But the first two weeks is, yeah, is that training. And then from there, you go and you're paired up with one or two other people and you go to a location where there are already missionaries and you serve with them for right around five weeks and then come back for a week of debrief with all of the people who did the GO program throughout, throughout uh, Eastern Africa and then go back home. 
From what I remember, you had the opportunity to come alongside uh, missionaries who were teaching English among this same unreached people group that you came to be passionate about uh, in Africa. And so share a little bit about it, that experience and just like actually being there and being a part of that work and trying to build relationships. What was that like? And even how did like the training help you with that? Or what even about just actually stepping into it helped you see what it would be like to be a lifelong missionary and just what the work is even really like? Because I feel like sometimes we have this idea and then we go to do it and we're like, oh, this is different than I thought, or this is easier than I thought it would be. Like both things can be true. And so, yeah, just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, so I ended up doing this program. Pretty much I had talked with um, my mobilizer and I was like, hey, I have to do this. I was studying teaching English as a second language. I have to do this internship. I would really like to do it in Africa with this people group. And I didn't really think it would work. She was like, would you settle for like doing it with some other people group or like in the U.S.? And I was like, I guess, yeah. but I really want to do it with this specific people in Africa. So mm. I kind of said that thinking like there's no way this is really going to happen. And then, yeah, God provided an opportunity in a place that was like safe. So didn't have to worry about like safety or anything like that. And yeah, doing ESL and through the GO program. Yeah. So I was paired with a missionary couple, actually, that has been there for, I think, around five years, basically using ESL as a way to build relationships with people and lead towards gospel conversations like down the road. And yeah, it was a it was a very different experience for me because with this specific people group, they have a lot of obstacles like keeping them from the gospel. And so what I'm, I think what I'm more used to is like um, sharing with somebody quickly or being very like bold and like uh, advertent and like, yeah, specific about the gospel. But this is so different because like you really have to take your time and build relationships and they have to see that you care and like see your character and see that you love them mm. so that you can earn the opportunity to share the gospel or even share just little pieces of the gospel. Yeah, yeah. So when you were coming alongside this couple who's been there for five years, like, did you have the opportunity to be like, this is where I'm at with this person because I've only known them two weeks. But could you see that on display almost with this couple and some of the people who would be in this class? Just that deep connection starting to form and uh, what did that look like? Like, do they get to hang out outside of class now? Or uh, how are they kind of going about that and deepening that relationship? Yeah. So, yeah, pretty much the idea is uh, teach English classes and then look for ways to hang out outside of English class and build relationships. And I was kind of worried that that would be like difficult or like, mm. will I be able to connect with these people or like, like, will they even want to hang out with me? But honestly, it was like not a problem at all. And yeah, I think the missionaries were a really good example of that. I think specifically, he uh, he has a guy that he kind of calls like his person of peace that is somebody way younger than him. They're like, like best buds. Whenever we go anywhere, he can call him 
and he'll be like, hey, I'm going to be here at this time. Can you come? And it doesn't matter what time of day it is or like what's going on. That guy always comes to hang out with him. And so, yeah, it's really cool. You can see like how like deep of a relationship they both really have, which is really cool. That's awesome. I wanted to ask you, what stood out about the training? Was there anything that you heard and you were like, oh, you know, I didn't think about that that way previously, or maybe uh, missionaries had particular experiences they shared during training that just opened your eyes a little bit more to what long-term work would be like? Yeah, for sure. I was I was very impressed in a and like surprised by the training because to be honest, I I have like a good amount of experience working cross-culturally and like living overseas. Like I've lived overseas for like 2 years and learned language and all that stuff. So I kind of went into that training thinking like, well, I guess this is just what I have to do. Mm-hmm. Like to get to the field, like I guess I just have to do this. Yeah. And I'll, be able to go but yeah I was I really really enjoyed the training and I was very encouraged by it I think specifically the things talking about uh, culture shock and how to manage culture stress I found super helpful and even looked a lot of the things that they talked about I realized like I was experiencing in the past and didn't even realize it or like yeah, like things like, oh, I wish I would have known that, you know, yeah. three years ago. That would have helped me out so much. Yeah. Can you give an example of something like that? Um, yeah. So they, they, there was one class where the teacher kind of, she talked mostly about culture stress and like symptoms of culture stre- stress mm. and like depression. And then also like gave examples of what to do with it. And I remember her reading through the list and seeing a bunch of those things and thinking like, wow, I was definitely experiencing this, you know, two years ago when I was in Brazil. Yeah. And I had no idea that that's what was causing this. I had no idea what to do with it. And yeah, it was just incredibly helpful to see. Yeah. Do you think that maybe this was your experience, maybe it wasn't in Brazil, but I mean, do you feel like when we go somewhere to be missionaries, we expect stress? We're like, yeah, that'll be stressful, like learning a new language and being outside of our culture. So when we start experiencing those symptoms, maybe we're just like, well, of course, this is stressful because like this is difficult work, but it's worth it. But like maybe the worthiness doesn't necessarily mean we shouldn't also try to be healthy and like maybe establish some boundaries or like quality rest. I mean, do you think that has anything to do with it? Like we just think, well, this is going to be hard, but it's like we trudge on and we plot on, but also we want to be healthy. Yeah, I definitely do. I definitely, I feel like there's a lot of times it feels like there can be like a culture of like, you need to sacrifice things. You need to like give all you have and work as hard as you can. And like, you need to sacrifice like your, your like, rest time and stuff like that and be be willing to be on call whenever to do stuff for the ministry and like put yourself out there for the ministry which is like a good the heart behind it is good but then i think a lot of times we neglect like actually taking care of ourselves or trying to look at like okay if i know i'm going to feel stress but if i don't do anything about it what is that going to look like how is that going to affect my ability to work like even in ministry long term yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So now you're back and just tell us a little bit about where you are just in this journey, what you're considering. And I'd love if you can try to share a little bit of just even what it's been like uh, considering lifelong missions, like at your age, have there been doubts ever or uh, honestly, sometimes even others in the church who have been like, well, maybe you want to be a businessman here and you could just stay in your hometown where there are that, you know, that unreached people group is there. Like you could stay like, I, I have to imagine there's been some people who have maybe been in your ear or friends from the Bible Institute. So yeah, just like, where are you at now? And what has it been like trying to stay committed to the call? Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, there are definitely a lot of things uh, that can bring up doubt or distractions. It's like when I first felt like God was leading me towards missions with unreached people was like four or five years ago. Yeah. And that's like, that's quite a while. And so, yeah, there's always like the the feeling of like, okay, maybe I can't really do this. Maybe I'm not gifted for this. Mm. There's also like everywhere you go, like there's really big needs everywhere Yeah, for like everything. And so everywhere you go, people will say like, well, why don't you stay here and work with us here? Or, you know, you could be so useful and you're definitely gifted to stay here and be like a youth pastor or something. Or even like when I was in, Brazil, people would talk about like somebody actually told me they're like, you need to stay in Brazil. Like it will be wrong of you not to. Oh, my. (laughs) Oh, no. You were like, I'm sorry. Are you Jesus? No. Oh, who told you that? (laughs) Really? Wow. (laughs) I think I've been hearing differently. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there are always like things that are difficult. I think I've had a lot of good people in my life to help kind of like um, like mentor me and disciple me and like keep me focused, mm. which I'm really grateful for. Yeah. So I talked pretty early on with, um, with Keith, mm-hmm. who I think, I think he was on the podcast. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah he's been ago. on. Yeah. He's so great. Yeah. 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 He was really great. And he gave me a lot of really good advice and he talked about like, um, continuing to try and like, connect with uh like different missionaries and to just spend a lot of time praying Mm. and honestly that's probably the thing that's helped the most is just like continuing to pray for god's guidance and pray specifically for like the people group and and the people and the people working with them i think that's probably one of the things that keeps the makes it easiest to focus Mm. yeah yeah so yeah, that's good because I, uh, I even think about you know a four or five year journey, and then there's also the, well, I could go to a different people group, and I could like you were talking about. There's so many different options, and I feel like that posture of prayer can be really helpful to uh, continue to be open handed. Like Lord, I want to go wherever you call me, and like if we're not putting our hands before Him and listening and seeking His guidance in that, you know, we could get really like pigeonholed, like, well, this is what he called me to do five years ago. And it's like, well, we need to always be seeking his guidance. Uh, And I've even heard a lot of missionaries say often he's called them to one place and then that one place may lead to another, you know, a few years down the road and just always having that posture of prayer and 
like open handedness with how he wants to use you is so important. And so now where are you going and what's the purpose of the trip? And yeah, maybe even share how people could be praying for you as you go on this trip. Yeah, for sure. So you kind of mentioned about being like kind of open handed a little bit Mm. with God's call and like not so like close handed that God doesn't lead you somewhere else and you like ignore it or try and fight it. Mm -hmm. So basically, since I spent two years in Brazil, I had been praying a little bit about like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Like I speak Portuguese now. I have this like second language and you know, it feels almost like a waste to not use it Mm. in the future. And so, yeah, looking into the future, I was like, I was praying about like, okay, God, would it be wise for me to consider going somewhere that speaks Portuguese and has like unreached people? Yeah. And yeah, so I have some friends who are missionaries in Mozambique and they invited me to come over and spend a month with them to kind of get to know their ministry a little bit and the work that they do because they're missionaries. And I'm even going to try and visit some places more in the north too, where there are more unreached people groups mm. and like spend like a week or so with some missionaries there as well. Cool. Share a little bit about Mozambique for people who may not know kind of where people are at. Like, I mean, maybe some people are listening and are like, Mozambique has unreached people groups? I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I had no idea before. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But basically, this is, I think this is kind of a thing in a lot of African nations, and I'm not quite sure what the deal is with that. But Mm. like the South would be considered more Christian and the North would be considered more Muslim. Mm. So There's, you know, in most African countries, there's like a lot of different ethnicities. And so, yeah, for Mozambique, the South would identify more as Christian, even though maybe that looks more like an animistic kind of mixture of like Christian Christian terminology with like Mm -hmm. animism. And the North would be more like Muslim people groups. Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay, man, that's exciting. So you're going to live with them and just like walk alongside them and learn from them. That's awesome. And so that'd be predominantly Islamic people groups you'd hope to work with there. Yes. And I feel like this is also a good segue to talk about the fact that you are dating. (laughs) Yes. And amidst all of this conversation about calling and, you know, staying on the path, but also dating, I mean... Man, just share a little bit about what it's like, you know, being a guy trying to move toward this call and inviting someone into that. Yeah. And that is, you know, when you talk about things that can like distract you from your focus, that's definitely (laughs) like one of the biggest ones. And I think, Yeah. yeah, I feel like I've seen so many of my friends who have been like, you know, feeling, have been feeling like called to missions. And then, you know, they meet somebody and then like that person isn't necessarily feeling called to missions. And so they don't end up going, which Mm. isn't necessarily like the worst thing in the world, but maybe not necessarily the best thing either. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I look at like examples like that and I 
really honestly felt some like fear of like, God, I need to get like to the unreached. I can't let anything distract me. So please, yeah, yeah, <laughs> please protect me. And so, yeah, as I have thought about like in my life about like dating and who I would want to date, I made like a pretty strict standard that I wouldn't consider somebody that wasn't at least wasn't already interested in going mm. to the unreached. Yeah, wouldn't consider somebody that wasn't already like wanting to go to the unreached before they knew me. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a really yes. good one. What you just said. Yeah. Before they even knew you, because mm-hmm. then it could be like down the line, they're like, mm, I don't really actually want to do this. And that could be really hard. That is so smart. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've, I've heard of that happening to people mm. and I just like, I can't take any chances. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is where God wants me to go. So I feel like he'll honor this. Wow. And yeah, so I felt like pretty strong convictions about that. You know, sometimes people would maybe say that that's like too big of a standard or like maybe unrealistic, mm. but I just felt like I really wanted to make it to the unreached. And if God had somebody in store for me, then he would work that out. And it was tough sometimes because it's like, man, you know, I keep getting older. <laughs> I'm still single, so maybe this is just how it's going to be. But yeah, it was it was definitely worth sticking to yeah, sticking to that standard because yeah, God did provide and actually somebody that I had already been friends with and at the time her what she was pursuing was a little bit more specific mm. and didn't necessarily match up with what I was pursuing and so we didn't really like pursue anything at that time and then a little bit later she had kind of softened her heart a little bit more and then God kind of brought us back together and it was just yeah it was the right time to pursue something yeah that's so cool and then I mean this is like a hard question I'm throwing at you but also like trying to discern where to go while you're like dating but not married I mean even I don't know like that's hard yeah I mean what do you think about that yeah yeah that's definitely something something that's difficult because where I'm at right now And the way I feel like God has been guiding me, I feel like if I was just going to continue single, I would probably try and be on the field long term, like soon, Mm -hmm. like maybe in the next like year, year and a half, something like that. And starting a dating relationship definitely like sets that back because I've been thinking about like, okay, if I'm going to do this, it would be wise to like spend some time together and strengthen our relationship together before we go because I've heard about how difficult it can be to like manage like culture shock and like learning a new language and culture and then also add on to that like the first year of marriage Mm -hmm. which people say is the hardest so yeah so it definitely makes things take longer which is um which is kind of tricky. And where I'm at right now, I'm kind of trying to figure out what I'm going to do during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I hadn't necessarily planned on having that time. Yeah. But honestly, I'm not really sure what that's going to look like. And that's something people can be praying for. Yeah. Is that God would provide that. And I'm just trusting that like, if this is what God really wants, then he's going to provide uh, the next steps of like what I can do and that it'll be something that won't keep me away from my like 
calling to go to the unreached. Yeah. And, yeah, that it will be good. Yeah, I wonder too, what's it been like processing that hope for contentment in that season where it's like, okay, yeah, I'm not there yet. It's going to take longer. Uh, like you said, knowing, okay, God will provide something and like it'll be fruitful and good. Uh, but yeah, has there been like a wrestling for contentment in that or even identity? Like, have you, as someone who's been on this journey for a few years, uh, wrestled with kind of like, well, this is my identity now. I think a lot of us in the mission world struggle with that. And then it's like, oh, well, now I'm not going to be like a missionary officially for a while. Who am I? What do I do? Or like, what has that looked like? Yeah, so that that is a struggle. And so I spent... I spent two years already overseas in a different place. And, you know, like living overseas does a lot. Like the whole process of like adapting to a new culture really shakes your identity mm. and who you are. And then when you come back, it kind of does that again. And so I've kind of like been through that twice already. And even like this past year, the work I've been doing has been with a different culture. So there's been even like some more of that. And yeah, it is sometimes, yeah, there is a, a risk of feeling like discontented or like, God, why are you making me like run around so much? Like, why can't I just stay in this place where I think you've called me or why is it taking so long to get there? Mm. And I think in that, the things that are really helpful are, first of all, like looking back at God's provision in the past mm. and seeing like the process by which he got me to where I'm at currently. Because, yeah, I think for all of us, if we look back at the past, we can see God's fingerprints over everything, mm -hmm. you know, can remember like everything that God has done up until this point to get me to where I'm at. And the other thing that I think has been really helpful has been like taking advantage of the I usually call it like the preparation phase mm -hmm. in that like, OK, Sometimes, and I think this is, can be a thing in American culture where we can sometimes feel like we need to like go where we're going as fast as we can get there. Mm -hmm. And like we need to, you know, oh, if God's calling you to do this, why wait? You need to go, mm. which is like uh, it's a good sentiment, but it would be better to take your time and make sure you are fully prepared for the work is God, that God is doing mm. than to try and get there too fast and like burn out or not be prepared spiritually or like yeah that would that would not be good and even i think by god's grace i felt like his leading towards missions pretty young mm. was like 19 yeah and so you know it's been a while since then i'm 24 now but i also know like i'm still pretty young <laughs> There's still like plenty of life. <laughs> well, to be when you talk to people like Keith, you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> who's been yeah. like doing it for years uh -huh. and years and years. Yep. And yeah, now they're like retired, but doing more things still. And yeah, yeah. I feel like someone that uh, is a mentor to me who has been in ministry a while was also saying, you know, God, like if I could do nothing for you and like your mission. Uh, like if all that was stripped away, you know, like would I still feel like the same love from you? And just asking ourselves that question mm -hmm. is really helpful for that identity piece of, okay, you know, do I still feel like I'm the same child of God to you? 
when I'm like literally in this other culture, actively sharing the gospel with people who have never heard, or if all of that was stripped away for a season, you know, for whatever reason, like I'm loved the same either way, like that reality. And that was a hard question for me. I was like, shoot, you're right. That's because I don't know. Yeah. It's so easy to kind of put our identity in what we're doing for him rather than just enjoying, you know, him as a father and in that relationship. So man, but that's good. Everything you said about uh, the preparedness too, that was really, really good. It's so easy when you can get a package delivered to you the next day right now that like Mm -hmm. we can just make a decision and make it happen. And yeah, you're right. Uh, Humbled preparedness and a humble urgency to respond to the call. I think is so crucial to long lasting ministry. Uh, With that in mind, I'd love if you could tell people a little bit just of your heart in your experience in the GO program, you know, like who would it be helpful for if they're considering long-term missions? Why would like a two month program like that be helpful for them in maybe inching more toward that call that they might be feeling? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think the GO program is really good for people who are like young people, like college age, who are either thinking like, okay, I think this is what God wants me to do, or people that aren't quite sure Mm. and that are thinking like, oh, maybe, maybe this is what God wants me to do, but I'm not quite sure what he wants. And yeah, because it's like the way it's set up, it's during the summer, so People aren't like in classes <laughs> and stuff. And it the way it, it prepares you, like the, the whole preparation phase, I think is really good. Like honestly, the, the training, I think, prepared me better for um, better to live long term overseas than any other training I've mm. ever had. And I've had a few. So you'll be like very well prepared and you'll be paired with somebody else that you can kind of like help process stuff with. And then, like, you know, spend the summer really with an unreached people group serving the Lord. And then, you know, it's only a month. So if it doesn't go well, then and you feel God, that's like, okay, I can't do this. This isn't what God wants me to do. Then it's okay. You can keep moving. And it was only like a summer, you know. And it's still, no matter what, a great experience. And like your worldview has opened up so much. So. I would say it's a great experience for people who are like college age or a little bit older even Mm -hmm. and just trying to see like if this is what God wants for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have any kind of final words of encouragement for people who are listening who are wanting to be more involved in the Great Commission here or going overseas? Just words of encouragement. Yeah, I would say like one of the the biggest things that I feel like I learned in my experience this summer is that like I learned how much I could be doing in the States right now mm. because I, you know, I realized like, okay, I'm with these people right now and like there are people of the same religion where I'm living right now. I just never felt like I could connect with them. Mm. I never felt like I could talk with them. I always felt like maybe they wouldn't want to talk with me or I wouldn't know how to go about it. Mm -hmm. And then I felt like what something God really showed me is like you could like you could be doing this right now where you were at. Like I live in New York, 
and I realized there's a mosque like 30 minutes from me and I live in the middle of nowhere in upstate New York. Oh, wow. And yeah, it's just as easy because, you know, people, especially like in the U.S. that come from like unreached places, they just want to talk with somebody, you know, they just want to be around Americans. If you just make yourself available to them, it's very like it's very easy to connect with. So I think that was one of the biggest the biggest things I learned and one of the biggest encouragements I would give is like if you're like really considering serving the Lord overseas and with missions, then just look for like the unreached people group in your community mm. and just try to spend some time around them and see what God what God can do. Mm, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me tonight. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming on. I'm going to leave some links for people for the Go program and even for Mozambique, just so other people who might be interested in that area uh, can get connected. So thank you so much for being on and we'll go ahead and sign off and I will catch up with you when you get back. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really great. It's been a pleasure. On this episode, we talked about the GO program. GO is a two-month discipleship and mission training program that seeks to develop Christ-like character and instill basic skills for outreach among unreached people groups. A new GO team launches every summer. The registration deadline is January 15th. We hope to see you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Inlander Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review and be sure to subscribe. Inlander is a production of Africa Inland Mission, a Christian mission agency dedicated to outreach among Africa's remaining unreached peoples. For more about our work and how you can get involved, visit us at aimus.org or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. For additional information and resources, see the show notes. And thanks again for listening.